What up, Dinks? Welcome back to another session of Group Golf Therapy. It's your boy. Today, we get the privilege and the honor of talking to Kayla Jones. If you've watched the match between Group Golf Therapy and St. Andre and Friends, you know who Kayla Jones is. If you haven't, you need to check in with yourself. What are you doing if you haven't seen this match yet? Are you even really fucking with us? Ask yourself that. Kayla Jones... Born in New York City, raised in Atlanta, Georgia, where now she serves as Bobby Jones' head golf professional. Mind you, one of the only black women in that role in the country. So, shouts out to you, Kayla Jones. Um, in this session, we talk about her childhood, we talk about the sacrifices her family, her, her father specifically, have made to make sure that golf has been an avenue for her and how that has paid off playing competitive golf on the college and professional ranks. And now, in her new role as head golf pro, how maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome has crept up. So thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for tuning into this session. I really, really enjoy this conversation, getting to know Kayla a little bit better. So thank y'all for listening. And the link to the match, again, for all of you who haven't seen it, because I know there's a couple of y'all out there, are in the show notes. As always, hit him straight. Mind your golf. There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Hi, Kayla. It's nice to meet you. Hi, Connor. It's nice to meet you. You haven't met our third husband. I know. I'm. Yes. I, right. I was. Uh, I was brimming with jealousy when when y'all got to play together in person, but there, it was pretty lit. It will happen. The video is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. My biggest takeaway from that day is that you're really good at golf. <laughs> <laughs> it, came, it came as no surprise. It's kind of yeah. a layup, right? Yeah, we, we. Thanks. I feel like I was really like off my game that day. We needed that from you. Yeah, we did. And I said that. I was like. Yo, if we just keep, if we just like don't say anything and just like kind of let Kayla do or like work it out, you know, she's <laughs> she's working through some stuff. If we just like keep it right here, we have a we chance. Going through yeah. Some shit. <laughs> yeah, I really was. Dude, and I thought like Aaron would never show it, but like I think he was kind of mad because I was like not, you know, <laughs> giving him what I should have been. You guys as a as a as a package did not bring your best stuff. Like you didn't, you didn't ma match each other well. Whereas I think Bradford and I, we were both playing pretty well, uh, you know, for ourselves, and then also collective, like as a team. Like if I had a bad shot, Bradford mm -hmm. would come in with a good one, or if he had a bad one, I came in with a good one. But I feel like with you and Aaron, you guys both compounded bad shots together at times, and that, like, because yes. I think we, if I would have made a couple of the first two putts, we could have been up by like four at one point. So. We got yeah, we got super yeah. lucky that you guys were the you guys were not open. clicking and we were also kind of clicking. Yeah, it was it was uh I hate when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> also, Aaron likes to play like he's not good and like really just like shits on himself. True. And I'm like, Aaron, you're legit. He's like a very, very capable golfer. Yeah, he's a very good golfer. Yeah, <laughs> yes. really single digit handicap golfer. Yeah, like very no, he's, good. He's very solid. Also, yeah. the other thing too that I noticed from the video is, and I think this is the GGT difference in match play disarmingly nice Bradford mm. and Drew. Yo. And Aaron even said yes. it in the video, he was like, it's impossible for, for me to talk shit to these people because they're just so kind 
and lovely. Yeah. And I think that got in his head. I don't know about you, Kayla, but I think Aaron. Like, I don't know what to do with it that. It's Like, it's a lot nice. easier to beat someone if you don't like them. <laughs> yes. Next time we're gonna get Connor. You know, we'll bring the whole we'll, we'll bring the whole squad. We have you know, Liz Breed is a, a good friend of the show, a good friend of GGT, uh, has been with us on many uh, of quests. So we'll bring Liz, we'll bring Connor. Quest. Uh, you know, we'll bring, you know, Aaron, Kayla, whoever, you know, Paul. Paul can join, whoever else, Robbie. We can make a whole tournament. Yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah. We could. I think that would be that'd be a lot of fun. And that match was played at the course that you are a pro at, Kayla. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That is correct. How did you land that role and congratulations? <laughs> Thank you. It was pretty recent. Um I started working there about six months ago, came from another club that I was at for about two years. It's been a whirlwind. The way that it came up was my boss was like joking about it for a couple of weeks. He was like, ha, you can paint that office, whatever color you want. And I'm like, what, why is he talking to me about this? And then uh, eventually he sat me down and he was like, I'm serious. And you just keep dodging this. And I was like, Okay, we can talk why about is it. That the, why um, is that at the top of your priority list, me painting this office? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can we pay someone to do that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, it's been a lot of emotions. Like, imposter syndrome has hit me mm. hard. I do. Mm. Like, I am young. I, like, I hadn't been there very long. Like, just being a, a female head pro in itself is, like, not super common. And, yeah, I was shocked. But I was like, I have to do it, right? Like, I can't not do it. That would be stupid. So... Do we have numbies on number of women who are head professionals at golf courses in the country? Let's take it a step further. Black women who are yeah. head mm-hmm. pros yeah. at golf Proud. courses. That, that, that shrinks a little yes. bit further. Yeah. Shrinks it even smaller. I feel like smaller. I do have to give a disclaimer for everybody because everybody's like, well, what, what are you? Like, I refer to myself as a minority and <laughs> I don't necessarily look it, but my dad is black. My mom's white. I'm mixed. Mm. So That's the worst question. What are you? Where are you from? Where, <laughs> yeah. where are you really from? <laughs> I'm a Martian. Yeah. Like, yeah, where, where's your Where's your mom from? Where are you from? Yeah, I, get, I have gotten my fair share of questions mm. for sure. But let's be uh, very clear. This black woman is the head pro of Bobby Jones yeah. in Atlanta, Georgia. Don't y'all forget it. Hell yeah. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm so damn as long proud as I do a good job, I'm only like a month in, so they still got time to like change their yeah, mind. On, <laughs> we're in the probationary, still on probationary period. period. Exactly. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna repaint that office for you. But guess what? The course is still the course is still operational. Yeah, you know, yeah. it hasn't. Nobody oh got yeah, hurt. I haven't nobody run died. it into the ground yet, so that's good. Just yet, so I think we're, we're <laughs> right. operating. Still has grass, still has sand. You know. Yeah. Still has, well, that's a testament to the team. They're <laughs> freaking awesome, and they've made like the transition super smooth. So. Um, they have had a lot of patience with me while I'm figuring stuff out. And I'm sure it'll take a while to figure stuff out. And to set some context, and uh, and we'll get into all of this, but you were a like a touring professional before you became a club head professional at Bobby Jones. Yes. Something I swore I would never do. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> so I guess what, um, if you can paint, like what are what were the expectations of what the head pro job would entail and what what's the reality Instagram versus reality of being a head pro. <laughs> Playing professional golf is a whole different ballgame. Like that's all you do. You just are taking care of like your body, making sure that you're in peak condition, like ready to perform. And then I got into the golf industry on the other side and I realized like it's so <laughs> little of it is actually about golf. 
So like as a head pro, like I would say my biggest responsibility is like managing people. Mm. If everybody just decides to not show up one day, then that that's me. I'm on it. Like hopefully nobody will ever do that. But it's getting those phone calls and texts late at night. You know, somebody's somebody's sick. Somebody needs something from me. Like that kind of thing. Um, managing personalities. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like you said, as a as a touring professional, like you're worried about you. Like it's a, yes. it, by nature, it is a, uh, a self-centered. It's very individualistic for sure. Yeah. So what has that transition felt like from thinking mostly about yourself and your game and your body and your golf to now thinking about this company, this, this army of yeah. people that you have under you? I, well, I was very much a brat about it at the beginning. <laughs> like I, I've, pretty much only ever played golf my whole life. And I've always been in charge of myself. And I don't know, I would say I was a little bit rebellious, like struggling to see the bigger picture where I'm like being selfish for lack of a better term. Like I'm just worried about me all the time. Um, And I realized where the faults lie in that. There are some really good things about it that just like being kind of like a self-starter and a go-getter, like that really helped me. And I think like drive me to where I am in the position I am in right now. Um, but yeah, there were bumps in the road where I was just like beating my head against the wall. Like it needs to be a different way. And like, what do I know? You know, like this, I just started, I took a personality test on it (laughs) because I was really curious. I was like, all right, what is my problem? Uh, (laughs) What did you find? Um, what is your problem? (laughs) (laughs) How much time you got? In numerical order, Um, what are the problems? (laughs) Um, one of the things was like, like I just really, <laughs> this sounds so bad. It's not that I struggle in a team environment. It's like I must struggle sometimes with like authority when things are not explained to me as to like why. When somebody says do this, like I have a bunch of questions and like I need to understand it. And it's not a, a malicious thing either. It's just like it helps me do a good job. Hmm. Like, don't ask questions does not compute for you. Like, you'd be bad in the military. You need context, yeah. The lady that did the test for me, it's like some kind of ranking scale from, like, zero to four of, like, how much explanation that you need. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, way skewed on the scale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and But the thing is, I don't need explanation to do it. Like, I don't like to listen to people tell me how to do stuff. It's like, give me the gist of what you got done, want done, and I'll figure it out. But like, you need to Mm. tell me why I'm doing this in the first place. At the top of all this, you you mentioned imposter syndrome. So how did that show up for you? Like, when did you start feeling like an imposter? (laughs) Uh, When it was offered to me, I think my response was, I'm very underqualified, <laughs> which mm. go looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have said that. And he was like, <laughs> they explained to me like why I was a candidate for the position. And it was mainly things that were like personality based and leadership skills and like understanding the service aspect of the like golf industry. Whereas like all the back office stuff, they were kind of like, we can teach you that. That's that's easy. Mm. That's paperwork. You got that. But like, we're looking for this type of person. So that definitely helped me kind of like settle in a little. Mm. Mm. And a month in, yeah. where do you sit with that now? It's been weird transitioning from these are all my peers. And now I'm kind of like in charge of more things and have a lot more responsibility. As far as learning all of the back office stuff, I like they were right. It That part is a lot easier than being front and center and like, figuring things out, like trying to serve the customer. 
Um, That's like the hardest part, but that's also the part that I feel like I was chosen for. That's something that a couple of weeks ago, we had a chance to talk with Michael Block, who was also head golf professional. And that was basically what he said. Like the number one job description is, is like your personality, managing people. Like do people like you enough to come to you with questions and do you have leadership skills? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the fact that you are here in this role, like actively doing it checks that box. Yeah. It's a, it's a big deal. I don't know. I think there's a long road ahead of me. I'm so excited about it, but yeah, I I just got to take every day as it comes and keep trucking along, but try not to butt heads with too many people. I I want everybody to like me. That's like a fatal flaw. So like, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of leaders say that. (laughs) (laughs) You're amongst friends. Yeah. We're all here. So I guess going back a little bit further than because that this job is so new for you, if we can dive into your career as a touring professional golfer where you're trying to make cuts and win tournaments and bring in some bread, I I, uh, I want to take it all the way back to the beginning. The bread was not super broad, by well, the way. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> the disclaimer of that. You know, Symmetra, Symmetra Tour, like I, I still don't think people really understand the drop off a from Mm -hmm. pga tour to lpga tour the disparity the wage disparity there but as soon as you go further down the mini tours Mm -hmm. the the financing of that career is fucking insane like it's it's actually like it doesn't make sense to me (laughs) yeah the math is not the math is not math so right what was that i mean can you paint a little picture of like what that pressure feels like to compete when you're like actively losing money every week. (laughs) Totally. Um, Yeah, that is so hard. So I'll kind of backtrack like all the way to the beginning. So when I graduated from FSU, uh, which that's where I played golf. I don't know if I gave that disclaimer earlier too. Um, When I graduated, I was all set and ready to go to grad school, um, go into Mm -hmm. like business, whatever. I didn't have like a, a, a passion or a plan. I just was like, okay, I guess this is what I do now. And that summer I had quit golf for like literally like a month. And I was like, I can't do this. Like this is miserable. So I signed up for Q school. I don't recommend that strategy because I was not practicing the way that I should have in preparation for Q school. But I just, I went out there and just like gave it a shot um, and then got like fairly conditional status. And my journey kind of started there. There was a lot of things that I struggled with. One, definitely financially. I mean, I was spending so much money. Um, I played one season over in Australia, which is just like a ridiculous chunk of change to throw at it then. But it was during the winter here and I wanted something to play in. The entry fees, like you're looking at just like $500 just to get into the tournaments. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you're booking your travel for, you can call it a whole week, your hotel, your flights, um, if you're going to have a caddy, which like you should, I didn't mm-hmm. have one most of the time because I just couldn't afford it. But I think that would have helped me play better. Then you have to travel with them and house them um, and then pay them on top of that, whether you win or lose. Damn. And then like you're coming out of it and the purses were just not super substantial. So, yeah, you're. I guess if you're making money on a smaller tour like that, then you're really, really playing well. Yeah. And that was something that I, I wouldn't say 
it like drove me away from golf completely, but it, for a while it really like affected my love for the game. Yeah. Um, so probably like right around when COVID hit, I started rethinking it and that was a really hard time because there wasn't even tournaments to play in, in the first place. And I was battling an mm. injury, um, trying to pay like physical therapists, like the whole <laughs> nine yards. I, things were just not awesome and I was not feeling great about myself. And then I started to hate golf essentially. And I, was looking at options and I was like, I have to try this a different way, not necessarily give up on my dream, but like maybe I take a break, maybe I figure out how to make some money um, and then go back to it. And weirdly enough, I kind of took a different path. Man, Hmm. that experience I know is not just isolated to you, not to downplay your experience because it's, it's real and valid, but like that is the experience of, playing on those mini tours was there any degree of solidarity in that sort of struggle shared between you as competitors yeah you're trying to beat each other every week but you're kind of in this struggle together right was there any degree of like talk about those conditions yeah totally I think the players were always banding together to try to like push for more and help the tour out um, any way they can something that I feel like is underrated and maybe not talked about enough when it comes to women's golf or just women's sports in general is like when you're looking at these girls going out there and playing, they're obviously not doing it for the cash. Like they really love it. They really care about it. And like, that's something that I feel like is not nearly highlighted as much as it probably should Mm -hmm. be. Like these girls, like they, they're the ones driving golf. They care about it that much. Mm -hmm. I, I actually, I see that. Around, you know, the time you're describing, like, beginning of COVID, um, when I started paying more attention to pro golf again, um, finding people like you and Alexis and Sedina and Shasta, Mm -hmm. uh, like, seeing all of y'all, like, talk about the tour as much as you played on the tour and advocate for the tour was just like yeah. something I, I hadn't really seen in like mm-hmm. pro sports. Or even just the the game in general, like how much of those girls like give their time to like teaching yes. juniors while they're on yeah. the roads. Like they're throwing Yo. up clinics just cause, you Just know? cause, just pulling up for the love. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something like super special and unique about players on tours like Symmetra, for example. Um, I just, yeah, you're right. It's not talked about enough, but, I just I need a tip of a cap to y'all who do who do that, who advocate for yourselves, you know, like, unfortunately, you know, other pro sports are more privileged and it's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. But that's what that's what also like drew me to paying more attention and like shit, even like creating content around it. Like, yo, yeah are y'all seeing this? Like I can't be the only one. Like they're, they're giving so much of themselves to this game and like, what are they getting back? Yeah. Yeah. I've met some pretty incredible women and I mean, badass golfers to begin with, but then just like all the things I got going on behind the scenes. It's pretty awesome. They're walking businesses. Like they're just running their own stuff all the time, Hmm. advocating for themselves. Like you said, like all of that has been for me, uh, just extremely eye-opening. You know, we've we've had a few mini tour players on the show. Liz Breed, one of them, 
And, uh, you know, it really just seems like a, continu- a continuation of college golf, but you're funding the bill and the university is no longer funding it. It's like, <laughs> it's like your yeah. travel is the same, you know, tournament locations are the same, but you, you can make money, but you have to spend a lot of money to make a yeah. little bit of money. And you have to like figure so much out on your yeah. own, like in college golf, like my coach, she was like, be at the van yeah, at this you time. Just, That's you pretty just much all I had to show do. Up. Just yeah, show you up. show up at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Hit your mark, say your lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. But it was so much that went into decision making of like, okay, I'm gonna, am I going to play this event versus this event? Like there's a, a tournament going yeah. on, but there's like a Monday qualifier. Like what do I have a better shot in? Hmm. What's going to like be the best thing financially? And then when you are like conditional status player, you're usually the ones getting into the events last minute and scrambling to find lodging and flights and to actually get there and that's super difficult i read kayla that you won your first ever collegiate event when you played at fsu (laughs) i i certainly don't want (laughs) to speak on i certainly don't want to focus on our collegiate careers because there's nothing special to report (laughs) there but can you how does it feel a to be great at golf and uh walk (laughs) walk up to your first tournament and get a win right out of the gates but also you know contrasting the the order and maybe the joy that you had that you got to experience within that order versus then liberation of playing by yourself professionally without the structure of a team there's Mm -hmm. kind of in my mind anyways there's kind of like a it's not the relationship that it seems like usually you think I'm liberated, I'm free, I experience more joy. Funny enough, it was actually the opposite for me. Um, I really like structure. And when one of the biggest things that I struggled with playing professionally was making all those decisions by myself yeah. and not really have somebody like in my ear confirming that or reaffirming those decisions. So like, right. did I pick the right gym to go to? Like just <laughs> silly things that I was constantly yeah. like, questioning myself about all the time did I practice hard enough did I practice the right things so that was kind of crazy so I I loved college golf I it was an awesome experience for me definitely loved that first win it was terrifying I I really have no idea how I did it like looking back on it I was so scared I was just trying to figure out like where my classes are I was an hour and a half late to my first (laughs) lecture I think and then like two days later I get on a flight and I go to Texas and that's where the tournament was I was like surprised I made contact with the ball on the first tee and then I like look up at the end and I won the whole thing so I was like it was just crazy and you're repping a school that you like just met yes yeah just Just met like barely knew anybody it's also like a very dangerous expectation to set for coaches that I had also just met sure (laughs) You're like, it's not going to be like this every week. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) This is all you're going to get. Yeah, that's crazy. You just blacked out and won the thing. That's like, what was the the rush like after that win? It was like straight back into just chaos again. Because I think we had another tournament Mm, the next week. I remember a lot of people talking about it and like doing interviews and things for it. But it didn't even register. I was like, okay, like how am I going to, you know past this class and then also like I gotta go to the next tournament mm. so it sounds like you you had like a pretty average college kids experience years removed trying to think back to like what you were experiencing in that time like college was a blur I don't know, like mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all like no I didn't win any tournaments let's be clear yeah, about that no. let's be very very clear <laughs> about that but like 
yo, like your life is changing, your body is changing, you're experiencing new people and new pl- like it's all happening so so fast. <laughs> yeah. College puberty. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's such a weird time in your life to be competing oh, in yeah. a sport. Mm-hmm. Like I think you look at college athletes sometimes just as athletes or just athletes in general. Right. And forgetting that they're people and you're looking at their performance and everything. And so like people were looking at my scores and I'm like, yeah, but I'm a college idiot. Like I (laughs) don't know what I'm doing. If you could see the number of parking tickets I have, you would understand. I don't know how to tie my shoes. <laughs> I'm just really good at golf. But but you turn on like a college football game or a basketball game and you're like, oh, that dude is a uh, a father of three. Yeah, you and think like, they got their shit together. No, yeah, And so then no, I don't like, know why we're surprised when they mess up. Like everybody like beats down on these kids. I'm like, what? They're, they're 18. children. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's even it's more surprising when they when they act very polished and it seems like they have everything figured out. You're like, that's not how I was when I like Coco Golf. I I wasn't I wasn't winning things when I was 19. Come on, (laughs) the university can make you look real good. Oh yeah, right. (laughs) Those brochures do work. It's like the opposite of white coat syndrome. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That is an entire other podcast. Is like dissecting the the politics of college sports but like yeah we don't have time for that yeah we don't have time for that not, not this evening kayla i read in an interview that you did with voyage atlanta um you talked about growing up in new york city a i didn't know mm-hmm. that you were from new york city that's sick the boogie down yeah well i mean Oh, where? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. from the Bronx. Okay. In that interview, I'm not sure if you remember which one I'm talking about, but you shared that it was difficult growing up and playing, trying to play golf in New York City, like how expensive it was, how difficult it Mm -hmm. can actually be to physically get to golf courses, which is something that I, as a current New York resident, very much align with, um, and how the courses weren't always super welcoming to young golfers. You also shared that your relationship with your dad and how he took a second job as a caddy in New York to help support your growth in the game. And I, that, I mean, that like a made me weep immediately, but also B mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to have Mike Jones on the pod. That'd be a wild Give ride. Us, He's give awesome. us Mike Jones. Mike Jones. I get so emotional and so much joy when I see people play golf with their parents like in mm-hmm. in person and on social media and i've i've seen and experienced so much joy watching you have those moments with your dad reflecting back on that time you know like sounds like some some hardship sounds like some triumph sounds like a lot of support sounds like a lot of fun yeah and a lot of arguments so don't forget <laughs> that part a lot of arguments as i'm sure a lot of kids have had you know if you grow up playing sports with your parents but totally mm. but yeah now now like as a professional in the game you've traveled the world playing golf mm-hmm. how does it feel to have gotten that much support from such a young age and now be able to share those moments and almost like pay it back with your dad it's pretty incredible yeah like he sacrificed so much for me he was there every step of the way um, and I'm so thankful for that I it's like it's a crazy feeling one that I even am in a place where I can give back to him like that and I don't feel like I've nearly done enough for both of my parents for 
um, like all that they've sacrificed for me. But I mean, I also understand that sometimes as parents, you just take on that role and they don't really expect anything in return. But it's something that I want to do. And they've always supported me. Um, I don't know how they like picked out like a talent. I started playing golf when I was four. Um, mm. wow. I didn't really focus on it. I played other sports and things growing up, but always making sure I had the resources that I that I needed. Um, that was pretty incredible of my parents. Yeah. It, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. I don't want to get like all emotional about it. Um, but yeah, my dad's great. And we have started playing golf together a little bit lately. He totally like he's a once a year type of player. Mm-hmm. But when I was growing up, when I started playing golf, he was like absolutely obsessed. And I was like a little girl and I'm like, I don't I don't know what to relate to you on old man like what are we gonna do together so I was like I guess I'll learn how to do this um turns out I was pretty good at it and then he totally gave it up and just like focused on me and that was pretty awesome he still manages to somehow like try to give me like golf advice I'm like dad stop this is my literal (laughs) job that's that's great (laughs) we asked this question to a lot of our guests and I think it applies nicely here what's a golf core memory for you maybe thinking back to those early years when you were learning the game in New York, maybe a time with your dad when you were on the course, like, is there a, a vision that you have or a memory, specific memory that you have of learning the game at his side? Yeah. My mom actually asked me this question the other day. So that's like a really weird, she was like, what do you, hmm. what do you remember the most? Um, there's a really vivid memory of one of my first tournaments, which was like a U.S. kids qualifier to play in the big world championship in Pinehurst. And I think I was about 10 years old. Um, and my dad had one of my like older friends caddy for me. And he was caddying for my sister. I have two sisters and they both played golf growing up as well. I finished my round. I was super excited about it because I'd played well. And I had to go into a playoff hole. And I'm kind of freaking out because I'm like, where's my dad? Like, that's that's my coach. That's my guy. Like, I need him here. I didn't know it was this serious. I was just out here having fun. And so we go back to play number one, me and this other girl who ended up becoming a pretty good friend. And I like spy my dad on the whole adjacent. He must have been like on nine and I was on one and I put out, I win the playoff. And like the first thing I did before even like shaking this girl's hand was like sprint over to my dad and like jump in his arms. And we ended up going to Pinehurst playing in the world championship. It was pretty cool. I learned golf etiquette a little bit better. <laughs> so that was a really awesome oh, memory. So and I'm sweet. sure he'd say the same because he he talks about that moment too. Oh, that's so beautiful. Mm. That's really nice. That's yeah. really cool. If you could play a round of golf with that version of Kayla, the one who won that tournament and then ran off to jump in her dad's arms immediately after which i will cry if i keep talking about um (laughs) if you could play a round of golf with her what do you think the conversation on the course would be like what do you think you would talk about wow i'd probably actually get her to not talk about golf i think for a long time my identity was super wrapped up in golf and i definitely would have told her to take it easy on herself there was a a period in my life where I just felt like I was my golf scores. If I had played poorly, then I would treat myself poorly for the rest of the day. Like I didn't, I didn't see the whole picture of who I was as a person. I would kind of like self-isolate. If I played well, I was nice to myself, which just kind of, 
I mean, sounds great in theory, but also just reaffirmed that belief that I have to perform in order to be loved. And it carried on so far into my adult life to where when I was considering not playing full time and potentially leaving, you know, the tour life as a career, I was like, okay, well, if I'm not a golfer, then what in the world am I? So I would have talked to her about all her other interests for sure. And it probably would have helped to play better because like distracting from the from the game at hand. We talk all the time about um, how now uh, each of us individually have taken breaks from golf, come and come back to it in our own ways. And golf feels better now. It looks better now. We're interacting with golf differently. Our scores are dramatically better now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious, which in like, in what ways has that like self-exploration or what has that self-exploration now shown you about yourself? It's shown me that I really can't be put into the box. And no matter how much people try to shove you into the box, you just are not going to fit. And you can let that be known. Um, I tried to walk with that expectation too much, especially as a professional player where the advice I constantly got was like basically eat, sleep, breathe golf. And I was unhappy. I mean, I felt constant guilt for doing anything fun or, you know, not, not constantly focusing on my performance. And I look at it now and having like what you could call an, a nine to five. And I'm like, everybody clocks out at some point, but I don't think that golfers and athletes always get to do that. Cause your job is just like your body is a machine and that's all you're working on all the time. That was a really huge thing for me. And it took tons of journaling, therapy, self-exploration of any sort. And like you said, walking away from it to some extent. I never really walked away from it fully, but I took a step back and I was like, what do I want out of this game? And now Mm. being on the other side of it, like what I always wanted was to give it to other people and not just like keep it for myself. And I was struggling because my my mission, I guess, wasn't really like aligning with what I was doing. I was just playing. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about earlier, it's really very individualistic. And now I get to interact with people all the time and kind of like give back to the game a lot more. Um, And I've, it turns out that I love it a lot more. And I also play a lot better. I still play in tournaments and my, like, I haven't missed a cut yet since I've gotten like a regular old job. So that's kind of cool. Look at that. (laughs) Come on. I think that's a, that's a true testament to, if you look at, uh, professional golfers at the highest level, how they're able to compartmentalize their personal lives and, and their professional lives. Um, and then also to play golf at such a high level. It's like, I I don't even know how, Mm -hmm. I can't even comprehend that. Like any, any, I felt like I had to wait till I had, that amount of success before I could do it. I was like, okay, it's 24 seven until I get there, which was just not fair to myself. It's yeah. truly, I mean, if, if you look at any of the players, uh, uh, you know, the top 200 on LPGA, DP, PGA, any of those players could win a tournament. They all have, they can hit any shot they, they, they need to, but it's really just, can they mentally separate themselves from the pack each week mm-hmm. and grind it out? And, and it's like, you know, the, the ones that are able to do it, make it to the top and the ones that aren't, can't but it's not it's not for lack of talent totally that's something that I struggled with with myself because it felt like a loss and I was always told that quitting is bad and I I still had to take a step back it got to the point where I was just having like panic attacks before I had to go to a tournament Mm. and I would withdraw Mm. on the spot like I it was just it got really bad 
I think I had to get to that point where like there was just no other option but to try a different option. Yeah. Wow. I, I can't even comprehend how I was in that headspace for so long. I was so unhappy and I didn't, I wasn't taking care of Kayla, the person. So Kayla, the golfer was not performing and that's just that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You mentioned uh, therapy. How, how is that fit into your life? And like, I guess at, at what point was it pre I need to quit golf or else I'm gonna lose it? Or was it kind of like in the midst of that? Um, that was definitely the core of it, or at least when I started taking it seriously, like I was in and out of therapy, like a few times, like in childhood for different things here and there, but that was definitely, I guess you could call like my rock bottom. Like, I don't know who I am and I'm super sad all the time. Mm. Um, just walking Mm. around lost, like I need help. So yeah, did it like really consistently and it took a step back from the game. I would say like, I, I went to therapy to like deal with the people in my life that aren't going to therapy, uh. um, which is kind of a, a funny, uh, <laughs> is that the tea? <laughs> Speak on it. Which I was like, that's not fair. Y'all should pay some of this bill, but. <laughs> Yo, I, I remind, I remind my folks all the time. I ain't asked to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll send you a Venmo request, mom and dad. Yeah. I ain't asked to be yeah, here. You're okay? going to find your fee. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, my family will uh, make fun of me because I'm all about the woo woo. But oh, we love the we love the woo woo. Yeah, we yeah pull up. We love it. Yeah, more. G G T woo. (laughs) Group golf woo. We put the woo in men woo. (laughs) (laughs) That went. That took a turn I was not expecting. Welcome. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, we're not even recording yet. That was awesome. Everybody out there listening, go to therapy. Damn it. Right now. Yo, if you're not if you're listening to this show consistently and um you have not considered therapy, um let's just all just like reach <laughs> out. <laughs> and like through the microphone, through the speaker, through the AirPod, wherever you're listening to oh. this, and just like lay hands on this person and tell them it is okay. Like therapy is there. It is good. It is helpful. We are all here because of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we want that for you. We love you. Yeah. At least consider therapy because we get it. Like it's, it's, it can be expensive. It can be a little inaccessible, Mm -hmm. but for sure. Yeah. At least consider it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we there's so many different ways to do it too. Yeah. So many. Like journaling was huge for me Mm -hmm. and like like you said, walking down the fairway with my younger self, like reparenting yourself to some extent. Oh. Like, yeah. Yo, that's the one. That's Y'all are my people. That, I say this in front of some of my friends and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> nah, yo. <laughs> this is the spot. Reparenting yeah. is is my zhuzh right yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is It is everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah, true. It's people. true. You know, reparenting and then for me, I'm reparenting myself, but now I also get to parent children. So, you know, it's, and I think part of the youth of America is in your hands. We'll see. We'll see about that. But, uh, you know, I I think, uh, I think reparenting could also be helpful if we could actually reteach our parents too, like reparent our parents, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. How do we do that? (laughs) How do we put the the medicine back in the candy? Yeah. I feel like you can do that. For sure. And I try to do that for sure. It's hard, but like mm-hmm. it's so hard. And to a certain extent, it's not your job. But like 
everybody has to learn along the way, right? Like you don't stop learning once you right. have kids. Yeah. Yeah. And to further that point, in my experience, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. You never give up on your parents. A hundred percent. Never. Yeah, that's true. A hundred percent. Yeah. Although if you do, I get it. Right. Yeah, right. right. No, totally. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Some people's parents really, yeah. really do if suck. You, if you do, yeah. We'll and I'm support. sorry if you're out there listening. Yeah. If you do, we'll support. We'll support that too. We, we you know, yeah. We, we, Again, we'll reach through the AirPods. Regardless. Yeah. <laughs> we'll reach out and touch them through the AirPods. We see you. We get it. <laughs> do what you need to do. Protect yourself. You. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. The power of no. For sure. So let's uh, let's get you into we and and I know as a, as a listener of the show um, that you know some of the meat and potatoes, but we we've added a few new ones this season, so we'll hit you with, we'll hit you with some of them as well. Um, all right, here's, here's a new one. Here's a new one coming in hot. Uh, Kayla, what are some of your favorite golf sounds? This is a good one. Okay, so favorite golf sounds. I I love an evening nine. Who doesn't? Yes. As you can see in the video. video. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, evening nine, the sound of cicadas just really, like, gets me mm-hmm. in my zen. Yeah. Yo. That's nice. Mm-hmm. It's almost, like, meditative Super for me. Meditative. It's kind of crazy. It's like a metronome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. It's like yeah. white noise. Yeah. It, it is like white noise. Because, like, Ooh. I don't even hear it. But, I, you know, when you watch the video, you're like, oh, yeah, the cicadas were chirping. I didn't even, I didn't yeah. even hear them when we were out there. But, a, pounding but like your an hands. incredible like mindfulness activity is like you are going to, about your day and not even hearing them. But like if you zoom in and listen to them, they're right there. Back. And like what yes. a way to like make yourself present. Mm, Absolutely. You can. OK. You like the woo woo. You can even. Isolate. One cicada, like if you focus hard enough. You can you can listen to the cadence of one cicada. You, I've tried it. I've done it. It is like that's wild. It takes like it might take you a couple of minutes, yeah, but I like, feel like while I go you're on a doing sabbatical it, for yeah, that a safari, yo, you could <laughs> really work through some stuff before I can hear the cicada. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for the group golf therapy sabbatical. We'll, we're gonna <laughs> right, right. Going. You're invited. It's you're all cicada invited. sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. We're going to Nepal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And. Deal. I'll tell you what my favorite golf sounds are. If you watch the video, you already know this. It's the sound of your iron. <laughs> like, I was like, it's different, bro. I was like, yo, every shot. I was like, every shot sounds like that. Like, wait, can that is, I? They'll there, teach that there was the one of the greatest like DM slides I ever had was somebody that was like. So he was like just kind of rattling off questions about myself. I was like, so what'd you major in besides the center of the club face? Hey, like, hey yo, <laughs> wait, that's kind of a bar. <laughs> yo. It was awesome. Sorry to this man. You're like, <laughs> right? yeah. like we're getting married next week. It didn't really. <laughs> it was great. Okay. A continuation of this. You know this one. What are some of your favorite golf smells? So my favorite smell personally is breakfast, which like, I don't know how loosely related to golf that is, but like I get up to play golf, especially in a tournament and I'm having my scrambled eggs with cheese and bacon. Mm. And that smell just like gets me going. I'm like, I'm going low. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Nobody can stop me. I, I got to ask you this. Are, wh- where do you stand on the Waffle House as an institution? <laughs> Waffle House. Waffle Home. Waffle Home. Home. <laughs> Waffle <laughs> home, get it right. It's, 
Yeah. Um, if you're not besties with your Waffle House staff at your your local Waffle Home, then what are you doing, bro? Those Say that. those Have- people can literally they could single handedly like run the planet. They they got it. They they just yeah, know yeah, something. Yeah. 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 They get everyone into shape when they need to mm-hmm. be. Because if you have not witnessed slash been involuntary involuntarily a part of a two a.m. Waffle House mm-hmm. scrap, <laughs> you, you've gone at the yeah. wrong times as yeah. well. Look, they know how to defend themselves, like, and yeah. they can resurrect people. You it's you stumble the in time. there <laughs> at two a.m. and they put a a pecan yeah. waffle in front of you. Mm-hmm. You're back to life. The orange glow of the Waffle House <laughs> is like moths to a flame. All roads lead to Waffle House. It's fantastic. I yes. uh, put up like an Instagram question once, like a, it was like a few months ago, and I was like, okay, so an alien shows up, and they're like, take me to your leader. Like, who are you taking them to? And I had two separate people answer any Waffle House. <laughs> 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 That's so good. That's actually a great segue into... Um, Let's let's say you won uh, an event, and they invited you back the next year and gave you carte blanche to design your own champions dinner menu. What would be on the menu? It would just be full sushi. I I can't stop myself from some let's sushi. Go. I'm obsessed. It's yeah. dangerous. It's unhealthy. Probably the obsession that I have, but I just I love it. Every everything on the menu would be sushi. Do you have a, a specific okay. role that you like love or? It. We'll, we'll, we'll I mean, spicy tuna roll is like a good uh, go-to, but like I'm a, I'll, I'll eat any of it. Like I'm a big like sashimi fan. Just mm. like highlight the fish, you know. Fish, like, fish me like, up. Let Give it ride. Fish. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's awesome. Let it ride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. So before you won this tournament and we had a delicious spread of of sushi, you needed a, a hype song to get you get, to get you going, or maybe not a hype song, maybe just a song. Uh, what is your walk-up song for uh, to get you going on the first tape? So it'd have to be Beyonce. Lately, I'm in like a little bit of like a throwback Beyonce like kind of deal, and I feel like upgrade Sorry. you, like the the way the intro where like Jay Z he's like talking about her, like introducing her, and then she comes out and just like blows it out of the water. Like, how is that not a good walk-up song? You know what I mean? I think yes, that would just be ridiculous. Yes, that's that's my. That's jam. the first Beyonce on the also, on like the playlist. A, like girl power to the max song too. Oh, absolutely! Wait, really? No, there's have, no way. There's, that's we the have the first Beyonce have, on the playlist. We got Beyond. We really? got we got Beyond there, don't we? <laughs> that's that's kind of shocking. That's that's illegal. Cancel the whole. How do we have 80, like we have like four people who said Tears for Fears and not a single person said Beyonce? No way. Yes. Fuck, <laughs> fucking tears. Right. Fuck out of here. No way. Four, I don't believe four that. Plays? There's no way B's not God on there. damn. That's disrespectful. That is disrespectful. Okay, I'm that is disrespectful. I thought we had I thought we had one. I think we have I think somebody said the entire Blueprint album from Jay-Z is on there and we don't that's, have a single right. song. That's Yeah, that's a travesty. Yeah, we, we need to cancel the show. The face. Yeah. Oh. I can't listen to stuff that that's like super hype though before I play golf. I think I tried it for a little while and then I was getting so like jacked up. Yeah, you were too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, golf yeah, is one yeah, of those yeah. things you can't yeah. be. Yeah, you're, it's not like you're trying to like bench press 400. Like you, you need to, you know, bring it right. down, bring it down right. a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like yeah. we're listening to like Frank Ocean before we tee yeah. out. Like we're like way yeah. low on yeah. the vibes. Like we might get up to like Anderson Pack. Like that, that's as oh, yeah. like yeah. upbeat as we could go. Yeah. In that same wavelength, 
James Brown is also really good golf music. Really? Right. It's just because oh, it's it's okay. I mean, <laughs> they call him the Godfather of Soul for a reason. But like it it the music is in your soul. Like as you, it puts you in such a good mood, it's like I'm dancing. I'm like swinging Tuning free. Fork. I'm try mm-hmm. that out. Tuning fork. Try that. Love that. Understood. That's great. Noted. Kayla, what are some? What is uh? What is one of your biggest golf fears? Okay, so I have. <laughs> I answered this question way too fast. I have this recurring nightmare that I am on the first tee and I'm like, maybe you guys like have had a similar situation or like you've heard it from people before, but like I'm on the first tee and I'm like trying to tee off and everybody's waiting on me and I know I'm about to get a penalty, but like I just can't get my shit together. Like the ball is Mm, gone. Like I don't have any tees. Then I forgot my clubs. Like, I don't know if that's like a, a golf fear, but it's got to be there's something mm. going on down in oh, there yeah. that I'm like deeply afraid of. No, totally. Yeah, that that works. Yeah. You you don't want to like hold people up, especially if it's in yeah. a, a tournament setting. Yeah. Like you're going to get penalized for it. Definitely one of mine is like rocking up to the first tee, going into my bag to get my ball. And I have one golf Oof. ball in my bag. <laughs> worse, than, worse than zero. I'm like, yeah. I'm losing yeah. this immediately. <laughs> <laughs> And then what? I, and then I, <laughs> I leave. I'm always curious because I feel like it's not talked about. Like, what's the appropriate number of golf balls to have in a bag? Like, nobody's like looking in somebody else's bag to like. Nobody gives you advice on that. You know, like, is it twenty? True. Is it five? Yeah. Like, well, I think it, that's it, not it, talked it, about. It enough. definitely depends on obviously your your skill level. You know, like, but yeah, because I mean, I know yeah. people that if they have twenty, they might might need. Oh, might it's need gonna be a long day. Yeah, it's gonna be a long day. <laughs> like, right. Bring yeah. another one. Yeah. For me, it's two sleeves. I, I think two sleeves of balls is like it gives me the I don't have anxiety about it. It's yes. like I'm, I'm not gonna lose six golf balls. Yes. Right. Like and I there's just, no I way that's there's no way. And if it if that does happen, it's right. comical. And if you if, yes. if you're on yeah. if you're on five and, and you're reaching in for six, hopefully someone else has one in your group. <laughs> yeah. 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 You'll yeah, find yeah, yeah. one. You'll I will find say one. like I I also always have two sleeves. Like no matter what, the I remember vividly one tournament where I was down to my very last golf ball, but it was on like hole 16 or something. I just kept hitting them OB. I don't know what the heck was going on. And we talked about when we were playing together, guys, like um, whether or not you've cried on the golf course, which yes. is something I haven't mm. done, but that specific tournament was one I vividly remember. Like as soon as I tapped in the last putt, like the tears just, <laughs> oh, you know. oh. I, well, <laughs> the levy <yeah>. broke. <laughs> But I didn't lose that last golf ball. Like I was at least able to finish. That would yeah, be rough. That is, yeah, that is a that is a deep fear. I, a deep in college, fear. I always I always yeah. grabbed. I think we were only supposed to take two sleeves per match, but I always took like three just because I I don't know. Oh, like I was yeah. always paranoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like For I sure. over prepare on the golf balls. I'll, I'll bring like I'll bring a dozen, <laughs> even though I know I'm not gonna yeah. lose them. I got yeah. a pocket full. Yeah. <laughs> it's like golf balls and and underwear. Like you either bring like Yo, you, a yes. million. Yeah. Or yeah, I'm a, I'm a million for both. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. running out. Of, I'm staying. I'm, sta- I'm, I'm staying for two nights. I'm gonna bring two dozen pairs of underwear. Me, you I never know change, where you're gonna I get into. You never every know what's hour gonna happen. Twenty four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I also, might exercise like, thirty times while I'm at the hotel. The right. fact you never that we know. act like like other places when we travel don't have stores right. like don't have, <laughs> right i can't go to tj maxx uh, and get how, a quick however when i when i was back. in atlanta the last time i didn't bring enough socks and i walked 
and also I was staying in downtown Atlanta and I didn't have a, a rental car. So there was a, a Walgreens or a CV there's a Walgreens or a CVS next door and I walked I walked there and they didn't sell socks. So I Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I bought You had the crusty so zone. I bought some at the golf course. Well I wasn't prepared. I didn't know how sweaty okay. I was gonna be. And no. I didn't realize I was mm-hmm. gonna sweat through yeah. Well Atlanta, to be fair, when we were down there was uh, I didn't know a swamp, how sweaty it was. A gonna total be. Yeah. Swamp. It's yeah, ridiculous. It was so hot. So humid. Yeah. But it wasn't this last time. It was the time before when I met you the first time, Kayla. Is when I I sweat through all my socks way too quickly. (laughs) I remember that. And you, it was crazy because you were just you. I don't. I didn't know about the socks. Well, no, that was (laughs) kept that one close to the chest. But uh, it was crazy though because like you had just started the job. You're like, yeah, I just I just started here. And then the last time I saw you, you just became the head pro. That's crazy. Like, (laughs) amazing. Happened fast. Just a just a follow up to the the our last question. Kayla, I said this while we were playing, but uh, my golf toxic trait is when I step up to a par three, I, it's it's going to be a one. Like it's a one. The hole is 147 <laughs> yards away. Like I, this is going in. Like stop playing. Like <laughs> let's just put a one on my card. Let's walk away. Stop wasting time. Right. Uh, so, what is your golf toxic trait? Jeez, um, I think my golf toxic trait is like fully believing that I can make any putt to like an unreasonable expectation or not just any putt, but every putt. Uh. So like <laughs> I'm a full on just brat when I don't make a putt. Yeah. I, I start spiraling. It's, it's like a 45 footer yeah. triple yeah. breaker. And you're like, why the yeah. fuck didn't that go in? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. I love it. That's, that's a good that one. Is, that that's is a really good, good answer. That is a good one. That, and that's yes. what, that's why that's why you're a head pro and a former D one former professional golfer. True. Wise. What is the emotional support item in your golf bag? Uh, I mean, I gotta have like my emotional support snacks. Like you Definitely can't go counts. anywhere without some snacks. I, then I also got my emotional support rangefinder. Like if my rangefinder runs out of battery, it's just Ooh. I'm also spiraling. Like that's yeah. just yeah. a bad day for okay, me. Okay, so then that's the thing. Yeah. 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 I think that because it's it's one thing to like purposefully leave the rangefinder out of the golf bag because you're like, I don't know, I'm, it's going to be a field day or whatever it is. But if it if you expect it to work and then it doesn't, mm-hmm. yeah, that is a, that is a, immediately that is a that's a letdown unlike any other. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I have like a bunch of ball markers that have been like tokens from like different places. Like if I yeah. like play in another country, I always have like a coin from. Mm said country or um things that like highlight my accomplishments things like that so one final question before we go okay what are some goals or intentions that you have for your mental health in the coming period of time season month year decade (laughs) so i mean like i said i i am coming off a fairly recent like patch of distress and just like general unhappiness and I have been so happy lately just like for this season of my life but I think when the hard things come and the hard days come which they do I have a a lot of trouble like being okay with that and just Mm. sitting in it and like understanding that those things pass uh, and then I will get back to being happy again like a, a bad day is not a bad life and I think that's one of my goals is to just like let it ride. Just let it ride. We ride. We ride. We ride. This is awesome. My cup is full. Yeah. This is my glimmer for the evening. And mine. 
Yeah, no, for real. You guys are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Aaron couldn't talk shit to yeah. us. It's so positive. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, you're welcome back. Anytime. We can run this back. We always Anytime. have a fourth mic. Thank you. And we have a we gotta run yeah, that we match have a back fourth. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, lit- we literally do have Connor to, yeah. IRL. You've never, you've never met Connor. Yeah. yeah. He's great. We like him a lot. We like I, him a lot. Yeah. No. And we, we want to keep him around. Yeah. Thank right. you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. I really enjoyed great. it. I was dying to come on here, but I was like, I, I don't know how to like approach. Like, how do I hint that? Like. <laughs> yeah, Kayla texts Kayla like, text me a lot. Hey, I, I love you the show. Afford it. <laughs> I listen to every episode. I was one of my goals lately has been to like pour into people a little bit better and like also mm. mentoring from like a professional mm. perspective. But I was like, so much has happened and I have so much to say and I don't know who to say it to. So thanks for letting me say it to you guys. So you yeah. say it awesome. to us. Yeah, we're we're the ones <laughs> yeah. you say it to. Yeah.